event-driven architecture has been around for a while now. Uh, there's still a lot of confusion as to exactly what it is, how to adapt it, how to deploy it within the organization. With us today on Podcasts for Future CIO is Phil Scanlon, VP of Field Technology, APJ and Middle East for Solace, to talk to us about the state of EDA adoption in our region, in Asia-Pacific, and how it's matured over the years. Phil, welcome to Podcasts for Future CIO. Thanks, Alan. Pleasure to be here. What exactly is EDA? As you mentioned, we're, we're sort of seeing a lot more prominence of the term being used. The analysts are starting to you know, introduce their clients to say this is an area you need to be aware of, invest in and mature in. EDA, event-driven architecture, is, is really, you know, in my mind, uh, a different approach to looking at problems um, where uh, the computer or something happens is based around the concept of events happening. So, you know, in the real world, um, you go into a shop, you tap your card, you make a payment, a truck leaves a, a warehouse with some goods on board. These are all events. Um, now, traditionally, they've been buried inside of enterprise applications or been, especially where there are a lot of batch type processes in an organization, they take a while to surface to the rest of the enterprise. So when you look at an event-driven architecture, you're really sort of saying, I want to be able to react in real time to events that are happening in my business across my value chain, and to be able to capitalize on the opportunity in real time. Where are we as far as EDA adoption in Asia Pacific is concerned? And if you could compare to the rest of the world. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, globally, um, we've seen a, an acknowledgement in the last couple of years that EDA is really, it's, it's a necessity. Um, but different markets obviously mature at different rates. So, so definitely North American region, about 95% of organizations have got initiatives in play, whereas 81% in, in APAC. So we're a little bit behind, um, but APAC's a very large geography. Um, and what we see is within APAC itself, um, you've got uh, you know fast adopters of technology like Australia, um, where they're at 90 plus percent. So it's it's definitely on the cards here, Hong Kong around the 90% sort of mark. Whereas when we get to places like Japan and Korea, where global trends can take a little bit longer to take hold, and we're seeing lower, lower rates around 65% in Japan. So what's interesting though is, you know, with EDA, it's not one of these slow things that take a while to emerge. It was really, you know, it wasn't there a few years ago, and then all of a sudden it was on everyone's agenda. So, so I see that the pace in some of these other markets will will accelerate. For decades, enterprises have relied on information systems such as ERP to give them up-to-date data about the business. Do they truly understand the difference between what applications like ERP bring compared to EDA? Yeah, I mean, obviously, with a lot of, you know, a lot of systems are built around the interaction. And inside of that system, there'll be real time kind of information. The challenge really becomes that as we digitize more, as we're transforming, as we're retiring some of these legacy systems, we're seeing this higher demand for real, real, real time. So, you know, what was real time five years ago was, you know, I made a payment at a bank and I expected it to be in the other part person's bank in the next day, maybe. Now it needs to be within 30 seconds and I'm breaching some sort of SLA, or if I'm actually doing a, some kind of interaction with a customer, um, I want to do some sort of loyalty. My, my opportunity, my window is, is within a second or two of them being in a store doing something. So what's real time and what information and data is required in real time has changed massively from the very sort of transactional function of the system that's being used versus something like loyalty, which really spans every part of the IT estate. So it's really that, you know, the change in the requirements that have moved. What are some of the obstacles for why it's taking slower in some markets for EDA to take hold? 
And we, we did this survey, the EDA survey. We interviewed about 840 people across the globe, um, all the way through from C-suite through to, you know, architects. And really, you know, the kinds of objections that were being put in place is, you know, access to technology or lack of adequate technology. So, you know, although technology was in place, it wasn't able to meet those real-time demands. That was, you know, 78% of respondents. So quite high. Also, with any emerging market, there's a lot of, I guess, a lot of noise in the market, a lot of different vendors sort of vying for every existing vendor will say, hey, we've got EDA, this is what you do with us. And really, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding it's not just a single technology, it's really an approach and it requires different changes in different parts of your organization. We, we very much focus on you know, the infrastructure and really powering real-time information across all of your applications. So we'll get the information where it needs to be, but you'll still need to think about what you do with it when you get it. So really, it's that kind of you know, understanding the right tools to engage with the vendors that are able to help. This is I mean, obviously as we sort of accelerate through this, and our experience was very heavily in the capital markets, financial services, where real-time was that the approach taken to all systems. As we've seen over the last five years, that expand into other markets where people are either large enough that they needed that kind of approach, or they're seeing opportunities even at a very small scale. So the number of references, the number of people that have been successful with EDA has increased quite a lot. Other challenges we're hearing from people, obviously, with any new technology, finding people. So either recruiting internally, finding partners with the right skill sets, finding talent, but also finally, really understanding beyond the hype, what are the benefits I can get from this and really understand that and then mapping it through to their business priorities in businesses. So, Which kind of roles these days within the customers that you engage with seem to have a better appreciation of what EDA has to offer and what type of um, awareness or education do organizations like Solace need to do in order to get a broader understanding of the, the value proposition of EDA to a business? Yeah, so, so with, with any sort of technical term or approach, you know, it's it's really, you know, you'll find in IT, people get it. You know, there's an understanding in, in the lower levels of, of IT of, you know, what are the tools or technologies. But what we've seen as EDA has become much more of a hot topic in the CIO agenda, IT leadership has now become a lot more aware of the benefits. It's still only about 50%. So really, it's not, you know, you look at that and say, well, it's still got a long way to go. But when we start looking at the business, you know, when we jump across the line of business executives, we're down to about 37%. So really, there's a gap between what the technology leadership see as the vision and, you know, business um, understanding. What I think is changing, though, is because the value of EDA in terms of some of the use cases that we've seen, a good example, Unilever had a, a virtual ocean control tower they built when the Suez Canal was blocked. They were able to have a real-time visibility of their in- entire supply chain assets. Um, and it was really that real-time view. It wasn't based on batch. It wasn't based on what was supposed to be happening. They could actually look at that in real time. You know, that's valuable to a business in terms of disruption, in times of change. And people seeing that, you know, can then educate and say, okay, what was, you know, really what were the technologies that we used to provide that? So we're sort of seeing that conversation has been elevated to a higher level, which means there's a lot more information being sort of shared at higher levels rather than, you know, lower level technical uh, conversations um, that don't make it to that level. So so we, we're sort of seeing it, it grow. I certainly have seen in the last two or three years, the number of senior leaders, both on the IT and business side, pointing to real-time information, real-time data as an enabler for some of their business objectives. 
presumably a lot of businesses, especially the CFOs, they've been funding a lot of these uh, IT projects for the last uh, you know, decades or so. Are there yeah. any uh, prevailing misconceptions that are particularly uh, business leaders use as an objection for adoption of uh, EDA? I mean, I think because it's not a replacement for existing technologies, it's really something that it's a, you know, it's an additional investment. So, you know, you're not retiring your API strategy to start doing events. They're complementary. So often then the CFO would need to understand what he's getting for that. I think though the, the real advice we sort of give people is when you focus on the the value of, you know, what you can get out of something, what does you, what would your business get out of that value? And since start investing that, there's a bit of investment up front. But then as you sort of see your second and third project, we've certainly seen with the right problems and the right approaches, um, it really does unlock future value. Um, and it's it's always, you know, it's hard to understand that before you've even started. But I think, again, talking to, to people that have been through some of these journeys is uh, is very valuable to people that are sort of starting to get through that. And, and we certainly see an increase in the number of our customers and, and prospects who are wanting to speak to other people to, to understand what they've done, why they did it, and what value they've seen. Who should normally take the role, though, or the lead in uh, an organization's adoption of EDA, right from the very top all the way down to when it gets executed? I think there's, um, there is still a, a quite a high degree of technology leadership, but often where we see it is it's balanced with a, a business goal that's in demand. So, you know, we've, we've sort of seen this, um, especially in the retail industry, a very large investment in technology over the last couple of years through COVID with offline, you know, online shopping, wanting to go in store, wanting to know, you know, if I'm, if I'm buying something, is it in stock in the store? And, and really, you know, if you think about a lot of store inventory systems with stock take, and, and you know all the ways of doing things, you're not actually guaranteed that when you go in store, it's going to be there. So you know, customers want to see is like, yes, it's in stock, but how many do you have? Do you have my size? So you know, real again, real time information that needs to be all the way through now to the customer's channel. So you know that business change that people are seeing, and it's it's really disruption. It's it's if you don't do it, then your customers are doing it. You may people may not shop at you. They may not come to you if they can't see see your inventory. So it's it's really this. There's a risk of not doing something. So if you look at that from a business leader's objective, then the IT leaders can say, well, you know, part of doing this real-time information, we need to modernize some of our infrastructure, modernize some of our approaches. But thankfully, this is not a, you know, rip and replace. This isn't a completely replace everything I've got. Event-driven architecture is a supplement to what you already do. So you can, you know, surface events from your system without changing what's already been implemented. So, you know, kind of looking at getting that value much quicker than traditional kind of re-architecting, redeveloping. So we, we see a lot of very quick projects in the early days to be able to start seeing value quite quickly. How does an organization in this particular case, because EDA is a very tech topic, how does the CIO help in balancing the cost versus the benefits of an EDA project? Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the cost versus benefit. I mean, there's there's always a there's a cost of not doing something, and you know that can be in, in some industries regulation compliance. It can you know it's it's not a decision of if it's more a decision of how how quickly and when with business changing through COVID with surging in traffic with surging in, in demand on you know some of the systems that tech, that companies have they may not be coping anymore there might be outages there might be inability to meet customer demand inability to take orders through peak you know Black Friday processing periods so you know there, there are real drivers that it has to be done where there isn't and it's more of a we could you know we could go ahead of the competition it's really looking at that business case looking at the ROI looking at the, the value but we're, we're 
we're also seeing, you know, because of the, the broad awareness and the broad interest, people are looking to use, this, use the first projects as a way of learning more about this change that they will need to make. We, we've seen some, you know, even very, very small companies with very small IT footprints see the need for events into their landscape. So um, I, I really see it as a, it's not so much an if, it's a when. And then really it's, you know, do you want to go very, very large and do something very business critical as your first project because you have to? Or do you want to find an area of um, you know innovation that you want to do something around, um, say around loyalty with delighting the customer, um, but it can be done as a you know as an in parallel project. So you know th- th- there's a full range. And I, th- I think um, you know it comes down again to you know education of what's possible, education of the right approach and the right, right way to get started, um, and then going through to getting you know the right sponsorship with the executives involved. How prepared are organizations to support real-time data distribution? And I'd like you to also balance this out with the idea that EDA means it's an acceleration of data in the decision-making process, right? Yeah. How does IT then ensure that security policies and frame- frameworks remain in place and we remain compliant and all that, even as we introduce EDA into how we make decisions for our business? Look, I think, you know, in terms of prepared, you know, only about 11% of organizations are fully mature in this area. So, you know, there's 89% of organizations that, that aren't fully mature. So, you know, it's not a, a single capability, right? It's a, it's a journey. There are levels of maturity. The likes of Gartner have got a maturity model around this and you know, sort of helping identify where you're at and where you need to go. In terms of, you know, when we look at the APAC region and readiness, the lack of necessary technology is really the first step. And it is looking at things like the security concerns. We, we sort of see a huge focus on, you know, with, with events, I'm unleashing information within my organization. So therefore, how do I make sure only the right people get access to that information? How do I make sure that that information doesn't leave the domain of my organization? So basically, you know, that investment in doing things right, putting in the right tools that have um, those layers of, of, of security. And a lot of that is also then, you know, you've got the technology choice, you've got the right partners. So identifying, you know, SIs or analysts who can help with identifying your journey, your path, and what's reasonable, and then you know, educating, hiring again being a big one. I think that the the, um, the recruiting market is quite hot. A lot of the regions that we work in, um, you know, where people are investing very heavily in technology, so being able to get the right talent for that implementation to to be successful. And then finally, looking at you know, cost effective way of doing this. So there's you know, there's, you can buy something that is enterprise ready, has security, has things in place, or you can go out and build something yourself. You can use open of platforms and do this, but you have to realize that that's, you know, you're in, it's a very different type of investment. It might be, it's free as in free beer. The actual software is free, but the size of my organization to build out a, a platform, but also, you know, that's not just a once off. You need to continually evolve that. You need to kind of invest in, in the technology platform over the years. You might need to re-architect it. Um, so, so often from a, you know, unless you are a technology company yourselves and you're building a technology product, Open source can be a very expensive way, especially in the long term, when you get key employees leave, key information about how things have worked, how things have been built. You really want to leave that. You don't really want to leave it to chance. So I see that, you know, looking at cost effective is this this EDA is not a a one-off project and it's going to go away. Um, I think a lot of the tools and technologies that are used will be around in organizations. And obviously, when we see that value, people invest more. So you 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 need to make sure that the, the, the foundations are right so you don't have to change in five years. 
What's your advice then for organizations, for leadership particularly, as they look to continue adopting all of these other initiatives, digital transformation, cloudification, modernization of applications? How do they align it to EDA so that they can get the best of the value from these uh, breast of breed technology initiatives? No, it's, a, it's an interesting question, right? I think it, it evolves. So, um, you know, I, d- I don't see this as a single single investment that then is, you know, just used. It, it's really an emerging thing. So, I, you know, I'd, I'll give you a parallel of a similar sort of trend I saw. So, IoT. IoT was, you know, there was a lot of value in it. There was a lot of, I can do things with these digital assets. So, a lot of companies went out and bought IoT platforms. Um, but the reality with IoT was, as it, you know, as it rolled forwards, IoT actually for a certain organizations is just part of their business. So rather than having a separate platform just for IoT, they found that actually it needed to be embedded in every one of their systems. They needed to modernize really the way that they harnessed that information throughout the entire IT landscape. I sort of see the same with the EDA. It's, It's an architectural approach. It can solve certain types of problems really well. It doesn't replace the way you solve other problems. And, and really that, you know, the problems it solves are anything around real-time interaction, um, where you're looking at hybrid clouds, sort of information distribution, where you've got the same information being used in many places. You know, it becomes much more distributed. That's a real value add for events. So anything moving towards real-time, what those opportunities next year may be are, expect that they will change. Um, you can't define them today. So really putting in the right platform to enable you to... We sort of see it as decoupling things so that, you know, when events are decoupled from the applications, then I can react to events differently without having to change my applications. Um, And that's the the kind of approach we're seeing people take so that they're setting themselves up for faster future, being able to take advantage of opportunities in the future and be able to react quicker rather than having to do you know yet another project in IT to be able to start thinking about that. So we've seen that you know with the maturity of some of our organizations who've been using Solus for you know 5, 10, 15, even 15 years, their later innovations that harness existing events are much quicker. And you know, we've seen people talk about you know that the previous way before using events meant that uh, for example preparing some information for a business partner used to take months. Now because all the information is readily available can enable that partner to get the stream of events and those events are available in hours. So it's really, you know, kind of that whole information distribution being able to, and you know, when they first built the platform, they may not have thought about those later on use cases, um, but really having that capability makes it much more future-proof. Phil, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. That was uh, Phil Scanlon, Vice President of Field Technology, APJ, and Middle East for Solace on the topic of the state of EDA adoption in Asia-Pacific. You are listening in the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music